Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Many years ago, I felt a call to go back to school and get my pastoral license. Well, bottom line, I didn't feel like doing it, but this urgency, this of the Holy Spirit on me to do this was there and I wanted to be obedient. Part of doing that would mean I would need to get a whole bunch of references. And one of the main references you need to get is from a pastor that knows you well and has known you well for many years, as well as your family. And so I went to the pastor that knew me well. I explained to him what I was doing. He proceeded to tell me that he thought it was a very bad idea that my husband had just graduated and got his pastoral license. And it was a lot for the family, for him to go through all the courses, go to school at night, intern during the day, and have his regular workload. He also mentioned that I was currently recovering from a car accident that happened a few months earlier, as well as that I was sexually abused. And it seemed like I had quite a bit of baggage still to work through. He wasn't wrong, that's for sure. And then he proceeded to say, as well as you're a woman. And I got to tell you, if I was to walk into a church tomorrow and you were up at the pulpit speaking, I would get up and leave. I don't believe a woman should be a pastor. Now stop right there. Don't get all upset in this story about what this pastor believed. That's not the point of what I'm trying to share with you. What I'm trying to share with you is this was a person, a pastor, that our family loved and adored. We spent birthdays with his family, and he, they were invited to our kids' birthday parties. We celebrated some holidays together. We thought we knew each other well. And so when he said the line, if he was to walk into a church and see me behind the pulpit preaching, he would just get up and walk out. That broke my heart. I thought he loved me unconditionally. That's what bothered me more than anything I thought at that moment. That's where I'd like for you to focus on. So the next thought that came to me was push out the rejection I felt from him and respond with some other comment. And I did. I said, can you make sure that you write down all those reasons, they're all really good reasons on why I shouldn't go back to school at this time. Put them all down on this form. Please send it in because I'm needing a pastoral referral. And I feel like I'm doing this because I feel like God is calling me to do this. And if I'm not supposed to, then the door will shut and I won't be able to attend the classes. I don't have the finances. I don't have the computer. All of that. And finding the time is going to be very difficult as well to study. He agreed, and I walked out. When I walked out of his office, I went straight to my car outside, and I sat down. And I felt like I had such weight on me, such weight on me, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was like I was dragging this heavy log from the inside of the church building when I was talking to the pastor all the way to the car. But I didn't have that log with me when I first 
walked into his office. I know I didn't. So what happened? That's what I was asking God as I sat there. I knew I felt rejection, but what else was it that I was sensing, that I was feeling? What was this heavy log that felt like it was tied to a thin little string doing attached to me? I asked God for help. I needed help right away. My thoughts were spinning at 100 miles an hour. What it was was my voices from my past were starting to softly speak to me. And the more louder they got, the heavier the log of burden became. What were those voices? Who do you think you are? Even the pastor doesn't think that you would be good at this. Look at you. You're ugly from your past. You have dirty abuse written all over you. You're not holy. What are you thinking? Nobody wants to hear your message. Nobody. The crashing, it was like a crashing symbols coming all at once at me. And all my old insecurities were right there. All I could say was, God, help. Help me right now. Sort through what I am finding chaos in this moment. As I said, help. I could start hearing those scriptures come to life that had been put inside of me, like bubbling up and water just kind of flowing through me. And I remembered 2 Corinthians 10 talking about keep your thoughts captive. Make sure to keep your thoughts captive. Don't start thinking of things that aren't true in it. Capture each thought that's coming your way. And if it's not true, you know what to do with it. I needed to remember that God had not given me a spirit of fear. And that sound mind part that's in that scripture. Not just the love, but the sound mind is what I needed in that moment. And I was able to focus in on the scriptures that were just bubbling up. And it was like this river of you're holy because I am holy. You're a daughter of the king. All of these scriptures were just coming through. And what I found was that log that was tied to me by a thin thread was being lifted because the water of God's word was floating the heavy log now to the top of the water. And in that moment, that's when I realized I needed to make a decision. Though I trusted this pastor so much, respected him all the years that we were with him and his family, his voice is not louder than God's. God's voice needed to be heard the loudest. And it was up to me if I was going to go ahead and still keep this log attached to me that was so hurtful that would poke into me whenever rejection even wanted to come close and just let it go. I didn't even realize it was there, but now that I could see it so much more clearly in this moment, I knew it was a moment God was giving me a chance to lean over and cut it off in the name of Jesus and just imagine that log floating away because though rejection can still come to this day, that is normal part of the human life. It doesn't 
hurt as severe as it did in that day. As long as I take my rejection to the cross, as long as I do that right away, I am able to compare what is being rejected to the truth, to what God says about me. Now, remember, I didn't know why I was going to go to school. Well, I ended up going to school and the whole time going, people kept asking, wow, it's kind of odd to see a woman who's attending school to become a pastor. Why are you doing this? And for a year and a half, I didn't have an answer. And I kept asking God, can you give me an answer? I just don't have one. And I seem like everybody else has a reason why they're attending school. And I don't, I don't have a good one. And I got nothing for a year and a half until all of a sudden one day, I realized as I was ministering along with my husband to some skaters that his pastoral license that he had, he has a card in his wallet and in it shows that he's had all these background checks and everything. So he is easily able to walk into a hospital, go into ICU, see patients where other people can't walk in. He can as well as in juvenile hall. And that was like, this light bulb went on. Oh my goodness. Now I'll be able to walk alongside with my husband. And when he's struggling, because there's some girls at the skate park or women that he would like me to minister to in the hospital and or in juvenile hall, he really wants me with him. And I'd be able to not have to go through all the different background checks and everything, trying to get clearance. And I'd be allowed in. And I was rejoicing. I finally had an answer. I'm going to school. So I have access to the places that I wouldn't have had access to before. Now time has gone on. And today I'm an ordained minister with the missionary church. A few years ago, I was able to go back as I was traveling, speaking, sharing the message of hope with people. And I was able to set up a breakfast with the pastor I had mentioned in this story and his wife. It was so good to see them again. They live in a different state. And as we were eating breakfast, he asked what I was doing without John with me. And I explained that I travel and share the message of hope and healing to those who've been sexually abused as well as to their families. He wanted to hear more about it. And so I shared it. And he said, well, where are you speaking? And I said, the different churches I was speaking at, as well as a couple of shelters. And he just sat there dumbfounded, looked at his wife and said, well, why isn't she speaking at our church? Here she is. She came out all this way. And she's right here in our town right now, but yet she's not speaking here at all. And I said, well, I, I don't have time on this trip, but in the future trips that might work out schedule wise. And then we just kept going with the conversation, but inside I was so joyfully smiling to God, thanking him for that moment because I was so crushed before when I felt so rejected by this pastor and his thoughts. And it wasn't thoughts towards women in the pastoral field. It was just thoughts towards me as not being worthy, having the ability. All of that was all tied into that rejection. And I was just so thankful that God was there in the parking lot with me in the car when I cried out for help. And I knew in that moment, he was asking me to always make sure that his voice 
is the loudest in my life. God's voice, the loudest in your life. Remember, because he lives, it changes everything. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything.